0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the word. And you ready for the word today? Well, why not you stand with me, open your Bibles, go with me over to Matthew 16. I'm going to ask the worship team to stay here because I'm going to use them. Uh, I didn't rehearse this, but we're going to have some fun today. So be ready, buckle up. This is either going to be a really good sermon or it's going to be like, oh my gosh, what happened? So... Um, but we're going to continue our message, jump back into our message on uh, Seek and Save, the battle for lost souls. Last Sunday, I took a break and I talked about Israel. Thank you for all the encouragement. That was not a, that was, you got to be careful when you talk about Israel. I felt like uh, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, you know, don't cut the red wire. I mean, don't say that. You know, whenever you talk about these issues, uh, people, you got to be careful, got to be led by the Lord. So that was a tough one, but brought some clarity and I appreciate the encouragement. It helped many of you. So if you weren't here and you need to, Go back and watch. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, I may talk about something else coming up in a few weeks that has to do with this, but we need to continue to pray for Israel, pray for our country. There's a lot of division right now, a lot of misunderstandings and stuff, so I kind of cleared that up last week. This is the time, though, that we need to be sharing our faith and reaching out and winning people to the Lord, and uh, it's awesome to see so many of you are doing that. Many are coming back to the Lord. Uh, many are uh, turning to God during a time like this, and so we've been seeing people get saved here regularly every single week, and it's amazing seeing our new our foundations class on Wednesday night filling up. It's just, it's just great to see and it's not just our church, it's happening everywhere. Uh, I know the media focuses on a lot of the crazy stuff that's happening, but let me tell you, be encouraged, there's a lot of great things happening also in Jesus' name. There, there's masses of thousands of, especially young people, that are coming to the Lord. in these, these major, these huge water baptisms, you might have been seeing it. Just another one was over the weekend in South Carolina where thousands of young people, college students, they're not all running out here and rioting or whatever. There, there's a lot of people coming to the Lord during this time. And And so this is a series where we're talking about that. We got on this topic about the keys to the kingdom. Jesus has given the church keys to the kingdom. I call this the church's battle. I want to pick that up in Matthew chapter 16. We're going to look at another key that Jesus has given the church to win the battle. To see lost people come to Christ. To see a revival. In Matthew 16 verse 19 it says... And I, This is Jesus speaking, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. You'll have heaven's backing, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And We talked about the name of Jesus last week. Now I want you to turn the page or scroll up, whatever you're using, and go to chapter 18, and we're going to pick up another key today. This is the key. I want to talk about the power of agreement today. The power of agreement today. Chapter 18, verse 18. Here's Jesus once again. assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, here he goes again, will be backed in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say that if two of you agree, everybody say agree. If two of you will agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray your anointing to continue to be with us, be in me, through me. Give us ears to hear. I pray for everyone that's listening that, God, you'd give them a heart and ears to hear what you are saying to us today we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hopefully you did grab a communion. We will take that here at the end of service. The kind of tone that I am in today is the tone of, of agreement. I'm going to show you the power of agreement, but also reconciliation. Um, this is something that we really, really need to do just this morning uh, our local fire department is having a live burn exercise right now on Haggerty Road in Ecorse, and Van Buren in Belleville is leading it. But there are five other uh, local fire departments there. Romulus is there. And I want you to know something our fire department, I did not know they were doing this, reached out to me and asked me to come there this morning and pray over our firefighters. That's what I mean. When God is doing something. Now, I, had, I did not even know they were doing it. I didn't ask and say, I didn't even know. They, they wanted, these firefighters, this is a secular setting, they wanted a pastor to come and pray over their firefighters. I want you to see the kind of people that we see that, that we have out there, especially God's doing something with our chief. McAnally, by the way, keep him in your prayers. So it was a big, there's fire trucks all the way down Haggerty Road. They'll be there all day today. So you want to go by and watch them? they got two abandoned houses that they've got clearance, and they're going to be doing fire drills and burning them today and doing all these techniques and leading the way. And I, this is what I prayed over them. God, even though there's all these different uh, communities represented, it was a big deal down there, I prayed that they would all be as one. And man, you can just see how that's exactly, I mean, they had all these Romulus, they had Ypsilanti, they had all these people with, with all of their equipment and for them men to get together and women to get together and sit there and wanna be prayed over. Look at that. By a pastor of a church. I was blown away at that. So be encouraged that God is doing something. The power of agreement. Powerful things happen when we come together and we pray. Power thing, powerful things happen when we come together and we pray. The scripture I want you to see is verse 19 to kind of kick it off. He said, I say to you that if two of you can agree, and this is is like a miracle to get two people to agree on anything today. That if you can get two, he said, if two of you will agree, I will be their concern in anything that they ask, it will be done for them. Now, the word agree, let's talk about it. What does agreement mean? Agree there in the Greek, it means, it's the Greek word symphophonia. Sound familiar? It's where we get the English word symphony from. It means to be in harmony and to be in one accord. This is God's will for his people, is for us to be united and to come together and to be in harmony. Now, I wanna show you the difference between being by ourselves, which is also very good to have a prayer life and individual prayer life and our gifts and abilities, and God can use them, okay? But there's also a powerful thing that happens corporately when we use our gifts and talents and abilities and we come together as the church and we unite. This is a key to the kingdom that God has given, not to anybody else. In fact, you can't even use this key unless you have somebody with you. You cannot use this key of agreement unless you have somebody that's agreeing with you. It has to be a power of agreement and how beautiful it is when we're able to come together. So let me just show you this. So we got some awesome, I don't have a symphony. I was going to use the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra to give this because this is Christmas time. And some of you already been playing Christmas music since November 1st. I mean, the tree went up. Okay. We wait to Thanksgiving in my house. That's just how we do. Amen. That's just how we do. I don't want to start a fight. No, no vision. Let's, let's be united. And I'm not a big, big band kind of guy, symphony kind of guy, but I do love the, the, the orchestra there that does uh, those songs. are pretty cool. But I do have a band here today, and I want to show you something. Okay, so we'll start with Peter. Oh, Peter, look good. Peter, I want you to play for us. One of your favorite songs that you like to play, one of the easiest little songs, little, maybe a little riff, maybe a little, just a little tune. Go ahead and play it. Okay, he's kind of like a mellow guy, ain't he? Chill, you feel that? Isn't that good? Kind of like brings a whole new vibe in here. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. Okay, now we got old school rock and roll right here. We got Bill this guy, This guy has played in bands when I was a kid there was a band in southwest Detroit from Grace Assembly of God called the Resurrection Band. And this guy played uh, lead in that band, and he's, uh, he's an awesome musician. But w- go ahead, play for us a riff, just some kind of one, one of your favorite things you like to play on the guitar. Oh. he thought he was going to play Guns N' Roses. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you can hear this at home. Okay, then we got Zachariah over there, new to the bass, but he's coming in really good. Played at Fine Arts down in Columbus this summer with the Fine Arts team that went down and uh, presented in front of thousands of people at general council. And uh, he played, uh, well, your brother played the bass and you guys were there as a musician, but he's just now coming into the, the world of music and he's awesome. So what do you like to play? Like something simple, give it that bass okay nice nice got to have the bass you got to have that bass in there amen that's awesome okay then we got a drummer back here if you don't know Dave this guy you may not know him but you can hear him okay this is Dave and he has been playing drums. I've known him since he was a kid. He's played drums since he was a kid. He's one of, he can drum like no one else. He's just an awesome drummer. What's your favorite beat? Every drummer has like a favorite beat. Play for us a beat, just something that's simple, easy. One of your favorite beats to play. That's without his double kick, because if he had a double kick, he'd be going. And Steve can play every instrument on the stage. Just a little bit, but what's one of your favorite, you know, songs you like to play? Something easy, one of your favorites though. Okay, okay. He's been playing since he was a kid as well. Isn't it awesome? God has gifted every one of them up here with a gift, right? And they're using it. Now, this is, this is what I want you to do. I want you guys to all play your, what you just played right now at the same time. Just begin to play. One, two, three, go. Play. Okay. Thank you. This is what disagreement sounds like. I need you to get this. That's why I'm doing this illustration. You're going to remember this. This is what it looks like when we don't agree as a church, when we're not using our gifts and talents to in agreement. This could be what a home is like when there's disagreement between a husband and wife. This is what it sounds like to God and the nation right now in America. This is what we sound like to God. We all have a right. We all have our gifts. We all have something we love to do. But when we're all playing our own tune, it may be good for some people at certain times. But it sounds like chaos when you try to move together and do something on a bigger scale. That's the sound of disagreement. Now I want you to hear what it sounds like when they agree. I want you guys to play one song and just come together. Not only do I want you to hear how better it sounds, obviously, but I want you to see how, what has to happen for them to do that. So go ahead and play one song. Just play a song. Isn't that awesome? That's it, guys. Thank you. As they find their seats, I want to talk about that. That is what it sounds like when we come into agreement. My first point, I want to give you some points today about agreement. I'm going to talk about what we just saw. Number one, I want you to write this down, that agreement takes work. I want you to see this. Jesus is telling us to come together and use this key that he has given the church. It's called the power of agreement. But the first thing I want you to see is that agreement is gonna take work. It's something that this just doesn't happen over time. It has to compromise. Now, when they all begin to play together, uh, obviously it sounded better, but did you notice what had to happen? Everybody had to stop and wait for someone to take the lead. And in this case, it was Pastor Steve. He even gave a little countdown. He even told them in his microphone what key it was for them to align themselves. What would have happened if Dave would have been like, no, I don't want to lead, I I don't want to follow, I want to lead and do my own beat again. I want to play my own favorite beat. If Bill would have done it, if anyone else, you get the point. All of them, in order to have agreement, listen, there takes compromise. It takes work, it takes practice, it takes, let me concede, let me, let me align myself with what the rest of the team is doing so that we can be used in a greater way as a unit. I could enjoy Bill by himself all the time and listen to just electrical instrumentals. I could listen to any of them uh, by themselves. But when they come together, when they come together, begin to unite their gifts and abilities, look at what happens. They're able to produce something as beautiful as that and it makes sense. But it takes work to do it. That's the point I want you to see. And this is why many of us struggle with this and many of us don't want to do it. But in in the context of the scripture that I read to you in Matthew, this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's actually saying For the power of agreement to work, there must not be any division among you as followers of Christ. He's actually talking about resolving conflict in Matthew 18. So I want to talk about this, and I'm going to give you some awesome things here in just a moment. But I want you to see the context. Agreement takes work. I want everybody to say this. Say, agreement takes work. work. Whether it be a church, whether it be a nation, whether it be a family. I see weddings, you know, I do a lot of weddings. And just like you, when you see a wedding, you go, oh, isn't that pretty cool? It's a cute couple. But now I've come to say they look very cute, but it's going to be a lifetime for them to learn to work together. Isn't it? Those married folks said amen. It take, it's one thing to have a wedding, but it's a lifetime of work, of compromise, and adjusting in order to have agreement. And that's what Jesus is teaching here. He says in verse 15, just a few verses ahead of what we read together. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. I like how he said that. He said, number one, if you've got division among you, don't go to social media. He said, if you've got an issue with somebody, what did Jesus say? Go to him and him alone. Deal with this privately and try to resolve this conflict. Well, I like the whatever you bind on heaven. I'm I'm having that every Friday night at my prayer meeting, but are you in division on Tuesday night with your brethren? This this is where Jesus is, is teaching us something here. We want the power of agreement, which I'm gonna get to here in a moment, but we first gotta learn that it takes work. And if there's somebody that you, have, you are in offense with, you have a conflict with somebody, he says you need to go to him personally. In fact, he says this again in Matthew 5. Jesus said, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, everybody say there, you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar. Leave your gift there. I don't care if it's a million dollars you're going to give the church. Look what Jesus says. He says, I really don't want your money until you get your relationship right. He said, leave your gift there. Go first to be reconciled to your brother and then offer your gift to the Lord. It takes work. Agreement is powerful, but it takes work. He says, when you have a disagreement, you go to someone personally. And then if they don't hear you, he then says, go take someone else. He don't say, then go to Facebook. I just Social media has just done such a a disservice and cause so much, so many problems with this right here. It really has. And and, and I'm telling you that when you're going to see the benefits of being in agreement, this is why the devil wants us so divided. This is why, because none of this stuff is going to happen. But Jesus says before you even move on with your worship, even before you even move on with giving a gift to the Lord, I want you first to make sure you go and be reconciled. He says, if he don't hear you, then take someone with you, then you both, not not to gang up on the person, but to as a mediator to try to bring reconciliation and then the church, and then he goes on and he talks about it. And some people are not going to want to walk with you. And even then in that period, in, in that instance, when you have someone that doesn't want to be reconciled, that you pray for him, you release them. But Jesus says it's on us. If we know someone is offended at us, if someone it has a problem with us, we are to go to them, not to the person they're talking about, not to the person they're involved with, not to anyone else, but to that person. I'm, I'm just stressing this for a moment how important it is before we move on. Because this right here could be the reason why we're not seeing so much of God's blessing and power in our own personal lives. It could be this right here. It's hard. It takes work. You may have a cute couple, but a cute marriage, but to have a healthy marriage, I mean, oh, it takes work. You may have a nice church with a lot of people in it, but to have a church that's in agreement it takes a lot of work. But there's something that God wants. It's worth it. I want everybody to say that. It's worth, it. it's worth it. It's worth it. Because now we're going to get to the good part. So he starts off by talking about, listen, it's going to take work. It's going to take for you to humble yourself and go to somebody and make sure you want to work that out. Because you're wanting, here's the thing, you got to ask yourself, do I want control or do I want agreement? Do I, do I want control and, and, and prove that I was right in the situation? I don't know why I'm—this part, I was ready to move on. But, and I don't know if we got any problems in our church, by the way, so I'm not preaching this to, to people in our church. I'm sure a group this size, or there's people that maybe you sat on the other side of the room this morning for worship because you've you got something going on with somebody in your church. Well, this message is for you. Amen. Or maybe there's somebody in your family or somebody. But here, here it's important. I want you to see it's going to take work, but it's worth it. Because here, then he begins to tell us, number two, agreement brings God's presence. This is why it's hard, it takes work, but it is worth it. He said in verse 20, for where two or three, did you catch that? If two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. So he says, this is what happens. When God says agreement, he's not just talking about two people agreeing on what to eat for dinner. He's talking about two people agreeing in line with Jesus' name. So, I, because a lot of people can have agreed to do a lot of bad things. So, I'm not talking about getting somebody just to just agree with you on anything, but God, Jesus is saying, though, no, though, no, no, there's something more specific. If you get two of you to agree in my name, to come into agreement with what I desire, not what you desire, not what this person desires, but what I desire, if two of you will come together, In my name, what does he say? I am there. His presence. His presence is there. I want you to see this. The word together is another word that I like to use the Greek a lot because the Bible was written, translated and written in Greek. Jesus spoke uh, Aramaic and Greek. He didn't speak English. And so sometimes we miss, we we get more insight when you know the original word used here. and, And here is a good one is the word together. The word together is the Greek word synago, where we get the word synagogue. Jesus said if two or three, this is what a synagogue is, look like, unite and come together. When we unite and come together to the house of God, he said, I am there. Now let me tell you, there is a, different, there is a difference between a private place and a corporate place when it comes to God. And I'm talking about the corporate gathering this morning. You need both. Moses had a private tent that the Bible said that he would pitch a tent outside of the camp. It was his tent of meetings. It, was his, it represented his personal prayer life. It represented his devotional life. It represented his relationship with God. You all, we all need that. You need a place that you meet with God regularly. Everybody needs that. But I want you to understand this, that not only do you have to have a private place, but you need to have a corporate covering. Every believer needs, and you write this down, every believer needs a private place and a corporate covering. Moses had a private place. He had a tent where he would meet. But the scripture says that he began, that was during the construction of the tabernacle, the big tent, the big place of meeting. And when you get through the book of Exodus, you find Moses... On his private tent, he still had it, but it begins to shift away from what was going on there, and the emphasis is now on the tabernacle where all of God's people begin to come. And listen, God will do things in the private meetings that he won't do in the corporate meetings. That's why you got to have both. But I'm telling you today that there are only certain things God will do when we come together corporately that he will not do in our private tent. Exodus, the book of Exodus closes with Moses leaving his personal tent. Come into the tabernacle, and it was there that the glory of God descended in such a way that Moses could not even go in and worship and have church. That happened not in the private tent, but it happened in the tabernacle. Can I tell you, when we come together as God's people, and we agree together like we are today, we're coming in the name of Jesus. We're coming to worship our Lord and our God. I'm telling you, his presence is here. His presence is here. Powerful things happen when we gather corporately. His presence is there. You individually are a carrier of God's presence. But when we get together, that's why you sense his presence so much uh, in this place when we come together. That that is such, man, during the COVID years, it was, man, everybody, you, you saw statistically all the problems, depression, anxiety, loneliness, everything was just going up, 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 up. Why? Because we were created and designed for community. And when we as god 's people with god 's spirit get together, how powerful it is. Some of you have come from other churches where they 're good churches and a very good pastor and and you come to a church like this or you were raised in a certain way and you come and you, you send, there's such an emphasis about the presence of God. And I've heard you even tell me in just recent weeks that the energy in that place is amazing. I felt God's presence when I come on the parking lot. What's happening? This is a place where it's because of you showed up and, and Melinda showed up and Tanya showed up and Rebecca showed up and all the way through here, everyone begins to bring the spirit of God that is already in you. When we begin to get together, it's like lights coming together and all these lights, it begins to create one big bright light in the spirit world. And God says, I love that. And that's where my presence word will dwell. You believe that? Come on, give you praise today, you believe that. His presence is here when we meet. When we meet corporately, there is a blessing. Secondly, uh, thirdly, agreement is necessary it brings God's blessing, but I want you to write necessary. It is, it is necessary to be in agreement in order to get God's blessing. Maybe you're missing God's blessing in your life. I wanna ask you, who do you surround yourself with? Who, who do you have in your circle and who is in agreement with and what are you agreeing with? Because what, who you agree with really matters, good or bad. Here the scripture says in Psalms 133, he said, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. He said, it is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard. Aaron was the priest and what he's saying is the anointing is on the, the leadership of churches and it's just how it is. God put it in order there and that's why it's important for leadership and we've, learned, we've taught this in ETS You have the pyramid effect in leadership, right? You think when you get uh, when you get promoted in the kingdom of God that you get more perks. Well, we teach that it's, it's the very opposite. It's more like a pyramid. The more you God promotes you in leadership in the kingdom of God, the more you don't get the perks, the more aware of your words of influence, how you carry yourself, what you post on Facebook, your attitudes, everything is, is becoming more magnified. And so we have to pay more attention when we, when God opens those doors. But when we Honor God by living a life that is pleasing to Him to the top. He puts His anointing on the leadership. And when everybody unites around the vision and purpose of a ministry like this one, that anointing goes off of Aaron and it comes down his beard, it says, and onto the congregation. That's that covering. That's that anointing. That's that presence of God that is on the leadership of our church, on my board, on all of our leaders, first on Christ, and it comes down. And when we unite, we're like, with cups of wanting to catch the anointing and we all unite. Jesus said it's beautiful, but I want you to catch what he says. It is there. Everybody say there. There. It is there that the Lord commands the blessing. Look at that. It is where. It is where we unite. You can't have God's blessing without agreement. So that's why it's hard. That's why we have to find out what God's like. And and when they were all playing their instruments at the same time, but their own song, it was like chaos. That's also how it's like individually when we are not in agreement with what God is wanting to do in our life. You can be in the right place. You can be right in church today, but your heart is not in agreement with God. You can hear my preaching, but not be in agreement with my preaching. You can hear the word being preached and taught every Sunday here any other church. Hear it, but not be in agreement. Only when there's agreement with the word, not anybody's opinion, but the word, when there's agreement that takes place, God says it's there where I command the blessing to come. I command the blessing to come. I command my presence to be there. If agreement brings God's Blessing, what does disagreement bring? James says when you have selfishness and jealousy, just those two things selfishness and jealousy, envy, he says you'll have confusion and every evil spirit will be there. Confusion and chaos. But the power of agreement, that's what you'll have. But with the power of agreement, it shifts from that whole thing and begin to see God's blessing. God gives unity, but it's our job to keep it. I want you to see that. God gives unity. It's him that gives us unity. Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, make to a church, make every effort to keep the bond of unity. Make every effort, why? Because we want God's blessing. We want God's presence. And when we get together, we're able to see great things that God is done. That is why there's so much division in our nation even today. You have people protesting and about this thing in, in Israel. If you've probably seen the videos, a lot of the news reporters are going out and just bringing some of them to the side and say, why are you here today? Do you know what Hamas stands for? Do you even know what you're doing? And it's embarrassing to see that most people don't even that they interview don't know even why they're there. They're just there. They're, they're, they're just caught up in this whole thing. And yesterday they had this guy climbing this pole in New York, and he's ripping down the American flag on Veterans Day and all in, into free Palestine. And, and one guy said, why are you doing that? He goes, I don't know. It just needs to come down. And he was just ready to fight. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And the guy looked at the camera. He said, there is a spirit of confusion in this in this place. And I said, that guy is in line with what the Bible teaches. Absolutely, there's a spirit of confusion. People are just enraged. There's a divisiveness in people that they, it's just anything that feeds that. And I'm telling you, that's from the enemy. We need to make sure that that's not getting in our life and in our hearts. That's what this series is all about. We can't rescue people. If we 're just you know enraged and by ourselves some firefighters this morning, there wasn 't one firefighter out there, holding the hose i 'm ready to put these, this fire out no, 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 he had three different communities represented. He had guys hooking that up to the water, turning on the water, other guys that were holding the hose. He had other guys there with the the big tanks on and ready to bust the door. That's their only job was to knock the door down. He had these other guys, they were guys in the fire hose, they had big lights on their thing to go in. Everybody had a job. Why? Because it takes that many people to rescue even one person. And God has done that with his church. He's put his church in a community for us not to fight with one another, but to come together And rescue if it's one person. If it's one person, hallelujah. God gives unity and it's our job to keep it. And number four, and this is my favorite agreement increases the power of prayer. Power, prayer is powerful. We learned last week about our last time about the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. But you have to know the name, you have to know the person before you use his name. We learn that, right? You have to have a relationship. Your authority over the devil is only as strong as your relationship with God. We learned that. Well, I wanna give you another one about, about the power of agreement. You need to write this down. Our earthly relationships directly affect our heavenly response. That's what this text is, te- is teaching us. Our earthly relationships Good or bad, they directly affect our heavenly response. Jesus said, once you reconcile with one another, if two or three of you are are in agreement, then you will have heaven's backing. Then whatever you bind on earth, hear me today, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose will be loosed. You see that? That's that power that comes with agreement. This is why the enemy wants us divided so bad because he knows that a divided church cannot heal a divided nation. A divided church can't heal a divided family. A divided church, what if they all got up this morning to lead us in worship and they all done those songs individually? Bill just started playing his Guns N' Roses. Peter was playing his mellow, and then Dave was doing his drums, and then everybody let's stand. I mean, everybody would be like, I would have left. Thank you. <laughs> is that you, Peter? Peter said, I would have left. You would have been on the guitar. No one would have been ministered to at all. And that is what so many of us look like. This is the message God gave me, I'm telling you, that many of us look in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and in, in our inside is that we're trying to do something for God, and we just... We won't get in line with what he says, but on the other side of it, when we're able to come together and say, let's do a little compromise here. Let's do whatever it takes. It takes work. It takes sitting down, it's whatever it takes. Getting past my, my uh, uncomfortableness, right? My, I like being in my bubble. I got a bubble. How many got a bubble? Everybody got a bubble, right? In order to get into agreement with somebody, you got to let somebody in your bubble. Well, I'm just fine. I just pray when we're at church. Well, you need your private prayer as well, but that's not in agreement by just hearing me pray. I loved in worship today when everybody would get, begin to sing. You can just sense when that happens, a shift in the whole building begins to happen. When we, we're gonna do that here in just a moment. When, when the presence of God begins to uh, get into a room, but let me, let me give you this last scripture, that agreement increases the power of prayer. Moses writes this in Deuteronomy. He says, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this. Listen to Moses. Oh, if only they would understand this, that they would consider the letter N. One puts a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Moses said, oh, I wish that they would get it because the children of Israel were a rough bunch to try to unite. They were a rough bunch to try to rally together. And Moses says, only if they understood this principle in the kingdom. Mathematics are different in the kingdom of God. One can put 1,000 to flight. Two doesn't put 2,000. Did you notice? It puts 10,000. When we come together and mathematically in the spirit realm, it's way more than what you think is happening. When you just get somebody to say, hey, I need you to be in agreement with me. I need you to come together with me and agree with me on this one thing. Great and mighty things begin to happen. Everything that we have prayed in my life, I make sure it's a big deal. I, I, I need some agreement. Things that I, that I purchase or buy as a husband and wife. I don't call my wife cause, to get permission. I don't need my wife's permission to buy something, but I do need her unity. Unity. It's not that I need her permission, but I need her agreement. I need her unity. We need our unity in a family in order to see God's blessing in a family. We gotta have God's agreement in the church. You gotta have somebody that agrees with you when you come together. And as we prepare for communion, this this is where we're going today. That's why I said I'm gonna do communion because it goes with this message. I wonder if you know, those blessings that come. I wonder if there's somebody in your heart and in your life before we take this communion. This is actually what Paul addressed when he took communion in Corinthians. It was a church that was out of order. and they, they had people that they didn't like and they weren't getting along. And Paul said, why do you guys do that? He says, when you are divided, don't you know that Christ isn't divided, but he's divided among you. And as we take this communion this morning and as we move into that service, I'm gonna ask the worship team to come. And I want us to kind of get into this this communion moment. I I do wanna challenge us today and wonder, I want you to search your heart. If anyone that you know of that is in disagreement with you or something, I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your remembrance what it is. You don't have to go to them right now in this moment if they're here in this church. Could be. I've seen this happen in communion services. I've, I've been at a church one time years ago and the uh, pastor talked about this in communion. And before anyone took communion, he said, "This was I was there." He said, "If you got somebody here that you've got that you're in conflict with, go make up to them, reconcile before you take communion." The whole church just began to walk around and talk to each other. But you know what happened? Tears begin to happen. Tears begin to break. People begin to re- get emotionally, and just there, there was a and there was a beautiful reconciliation that took place. I don't know if there's somebody in the church or somebody in your family, but today I want us to just stop for a moment and ask the Lord to speak to our heart. I want to get that right in our heart and then I want us to pray for one another because there is power that comes in agreement. Won't you stand with me today if you have your communion elements. If you didn't get a communion element and you came in late, maybe can you raise your hand real high if you haven't got one and there's some hands and our ushers will make their way to you because I want everybody to have communion right now. Again, be in agreement. Let's take communion together. Those of you that are at home, you can get your communion elements. Lord Jesus, I just want you to speak to our heart, Holy Spirit. You said if we're gathered in your name and if there is... Someone that we are in disagreement with that we will leave that gift and go and reconcile. Lord, you, I believe it's you that reminds us. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you speak to our hearts right now, not only as a church, but as families. There are people here that have a lot of disagreements, I'm sure, with family. But God, you, you, want, you want us to reconcile with one another so we can see the blessing and power of agreement manifested in our lives so just talk to the Lord right now. Ask him to reveal that to you. And and right now with, with a whisper between you and God, you can just release them. Just talk to the Lord. Maybe it's somebody later today you're going to send a message to, uh, inbox or a coffee. I recommend you do it in person. As the scripture says in Matthew 18, go in, per, go in person. Maybe meet with somebody and reconcile with somebody and say, hey, I've, if I've wronged you, I'm sorry. If I said it like this or whatever. I just want to make it right. I want us to be in agreement and at least try your best to do it and try to pray. If they won't receive it, hey, then you've done your part. You pray for them and you move on. In this moment, that's what I want us to do. And then we're going to take communion together. We'll go ahead and open the elements. The, The top has a wafer in it, which is symbolic to the body of Jesus Christ. Then on the night he was betrayed, He was betrayed by by someone real close. Jesus tried to reconcile him. Judas came and kissed him in the garden and Jesus looked at him. He didn't say, what are you doing? Get out of here. No, he looked at him. He says, you're gonna betray me with a kiss. He was getting ready to go to cross, to the cross for Judas. On the night he was betrayed, the Bible says he took this elements in front of his disciples as an object lesson. He said, I'm going to be betrayed. In fact, all of you here are going to leave me. And they were like, no, not I. He says, you're all going to leave me. Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny you know me three times. But I'm still going to go to the cross for you. And I want you to take this communion. And every time you take this communion, I want you to remember what i done. I provided the power of agreement through my body. So, Lord, we remember this morning what you've done for us when we hold this wafer in our hand. We remember what you've done, and we thank you for it. We bless this, and we take it together as one. Let's take it together this morning. In the same way, he took the cup, and he said, this is the new covenant, and in it represents, represents my blood and when you take this communion, you're gonna remember what i done on the cross. It represents my blood. My blood was shed for your sins. I like to hold my cup up because everything's under the blood. All my sins are under the blood. And Lord, we just, as we take this cup this morning, we remember what you've done for us on the cross. It represents your blood. That was shed for us. Our sins are forgiven. We are standing in your presence, clean, perfect, and you said even blameless because of what's in this cup, what Jesus did on the cross, took away my sins, took away all my sins. Come on, thank him for that this morning. Just thank him for that this morning. we thank you for the blood that was shed for me to take away all of our sins. Forgive us, cleanse us. Our hearts be pure today. Even in a message that, like this, telling us about agreement, Lord, we pray that you search our hearts again and help us, Lord, for the grace given to us that we would use that to forgive others so we can be in agreement. We take this cup together as one today. In the name of Jesus, let's take it together. Now, I want us to pray as one today. I want us to pray as one today. They're going to sing a song in unison, in agreement. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord down yes, Lord. Open my eyes. Let me let's worship, let's worship together right now.